Welcome to the Renaissance Church Podcast. Our mission is to glorify God and to make disciples by bringing the gospel into all of life in all the earth. This is Chris Kipp, lead pastor of Renaissance Church here in Richmond, Texas. And if you've not joined us in a worship gathering or at a house church yet, we would love to have you join us. You can find out more information at rin-church.org. And I pray that you are encouraged and edified by the proclamation of God's word today. We are going to begin something new today, a new series called You're Invited. I want to spend a few weeks looking at invitations in the scriptures. And uh, I'll just let the cat out of the bag is I'm going to be calling all of us to to invite someone here to Renaissance Church. Okay, so that's what we're going to be doing. But I want to talk about why in the world would we ever do that. Um, Have you ever considered how different your life might look if it wasn't for an invitation? Um, And not all of those were good invitations. I remember being uh, a a young man. I was a freshman in high school. I've told you this story before. I had moved into a new school. It was a private school that had chapel services. I was in an awkward stage as a young man. Oh, we have some awkward stages in our lives, don't we? And uh, this stage, I would call it my ghetto rap phase of my life, okay? (laughs) I had big baggy jeans, and uh, I had a pinky ring that I wore. Super cool, right? And I think I had like a, a nice little chain that I wore around my neck. And here I am, this, this sort of unknown new kid at a private school with my pinky ring and my baggy jeans, right? And in the middle of the prayer during chapel, okay, everyone's head is bowed. In the middle of the prayer, I feel a slight tug on the side of my baggy jeans. And in the middle of the prayer, the spirit of revelation came. And it wasn't a revealing of God's word. It was revealing of my whitey tidies. okay? Somebody behind me yanked on my pants in the middle of the prayer. I pulled my pants up as fast as I could. And I just swung in the middle of chapel. Not my brightest and best moment, okay? And so funny things started happening. First was that I didn't get beat up after school, which I was really expecting that to happen, okay? That was number one. Uh, But secondly, I went from being the kid that nobody knows to, hey, you're the kid that hit somebody in chapel, aren't you, right? And then what happened is I started getting invitations, And it was, hey, we're having a party at my parents' houseboat this weekend. And you want to come? And did you know that, you know, parents, they they just don't, they let all these teenagers go on their houseboat and there's alcohol and other things. And there was no parents there. And that set a trajectory for the first three years of my life as a high school student. All because of an invitation. And I just wonder how many of us probably have had years of struggle, maybe regrets, uh, addictions, things that have plagued us, and it's all because somebody said, hey, come along, right? The power of an invitation. What difference would an invitation 
make. And the thing is, the way that we make a difference in somebody who has maybe borne the, the negative effects of the wrong invitation is we, we do that with the right invitation, the right invitation. That's what I want to talk about today. We're going to be in John chapter one. If you have a copy of scriptures and want to go there with me, um, we're going to look at a passage and it is the beginning of Jesus's ministry. John the Baptist, his cousin, has been uh, kind of a well-known baptizer. It says all these people from Jerusalem and the whole Judean countryside have come out to see John. He's very, very well-known uh, figure at this time. He has a, a prophetic ministry. We, we would say that he's actually the last Old Testament prophet, even though he's in the New Testament. And John uh, is going to have this moment where he's going to point out Jesus. And Jesus is this guy who has been living in obscurity for 30 years. I mean, I don't know if you ever thought about that before, that Jesus, when he was born of the virgin, we celebrate that at Christmas time. But then there's like 30 years of just kind of like just being a guy, living in Podunk, Nazareth. And this is a moment at the beginning where he's beginning to call his disciples. And in the few verses that we're going to read, there are arguably seven invitations within 16 verses. And so read along with me and see if you catch them. We're going to start in uh, chapter 1, verse 35. And here's what it says. The next day, John was standing with two of his disciples when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this and followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and noticed them following him, he asked them, what are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come and you'll see, he replied. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard John and followed him. He first found his own brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought Simon to Jesus. When Jesus saw him, he said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. Verse 43, the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. He found Philip and told him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and so did the prophets. Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathanael asked him. Come and see, Philip answered. Then Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said about him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you, Jesus answered. Rabbi, Nathanael replied, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus responded to him, do you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree? 
you will see greater things than this. Then he said, truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. So here we have this beginning of Jesus' ministry, and he's beginning to call these first disciples. And here we have John, who has this kind of like supernatural moment, right? He has this spiritual sight to just know who Jesus truly was. John was his cousin, and it wasn't until John sees the dove descend upon Jesus when he's being baptized, where he's like, this is the one. And he recognized, my cousin is the one that I'm to prepare the way for. And he says, look, there's the Lamb of God. And these two disciples begin to follow him. Again, another supernatural thing begins to happen as Jesus has this spiritual vision of Nathaniel, who's under the fig tree. And so when Nathaniel comes up and he says, I saw you. And Nathaniel's like, you are the Messiah, the Son of God. So we have all these incredible things happening. But I I want us to look at specifically the invitations that are happening in the middle of all this. There are arguably six. Did you find all six? There's four obvious ones, and there's two kind of implied ones. We have John, who points to Jesus, right? And the two disciples follow. So John. Then we have Jesus uh, to the two disciples, We have Andrew to Simon. We have Jesus giving Simon his new name, Petras, Peter, which would be important later when he says, upon this rock, I will build my church. Jesus to Philip, Philip to Nathaniel, Jesus to Nathaniel. I mean, there are invitations all over the place in just a few Verses, And I just want us to consider what, di- what difference an invitation made in the lives of these first disciples. So the first thing this morning is I just want you to notice what they were invited to. And this is important for us. If we're going to be people who invite people, what exactly are we inviting them to? Here's the first thing. They were invited to a different pursuit. Andrew and Peter, if you know anything about them, if you've watched The Chosen, if you've read the New Testament, you probably know these guys were fishermen. And so that was their business. But they have just now, they've seen Jesus and John saying, here's the Lamb of God. And they begin to follow Jesus and it's a new pursuit for them. You have Andrew, who's been a disciple of John the Baptist. He's been intrigued by John the Baptist. He's been there studying. He's taking notes when John's talking, right? He's his disciple. And then John says, no, no, that's the Lamb of God. And he's like, oh, this is better. And he goes in a new pursuit. They were invited to consider a new direction for their lives, a, a new path, a new pursuit, I, I remember um, when I was at that houseboat party as a, a young man, and I'm, I'm uh, there with, um, if you've ever been around drunk people before, and they tell the same story over and over again. Have you ever seen that before? Yeah, yeah. And so here I am on this houseboat with these students, classmates that are intoxicated, and they're telling the story about the other times that they were intoxicated. That's the most fun conversation in the world, right? No, right? I'm just sitting there like, oh my gosh. It, 
and I had, maybe I was an old soul from the beginning, I don't know, but I had this realization as a young man, this is it? Like, I, I, I'd hoped for this opportunity to be cool, to be in the crowd, and now I'm here and I'm like, oh, really? It was later in high school when my aunt, my Aunt Barb, she invited me to go on a summer camp with her church in Dallas. The summer camp was going to be in Colorado. And there was something in me that God had already been doing where I was just waiting for some other kind of pursuit. I had seen that where this was going was really not going to be it for me. So I was just open. I was open to a different pursuit in my life. The second thing is that it was a different pursuit with new possibilities. There were new possibilities for them. We'd have to speculate why Andrew and Peter were even open to this. Like, like what is it about them that makes them see John point to Jesus and say, Lamb of God, and say, well, let's just go? Why was Andrew so intrigued with John the Baptist to begin with? And why did he begin following Jesus after John points him out. And I'm just guessing that they're having the same internal thing that probably most of you have had, is that there comes a point in your life when you recognize something's missing. There's something missing here. And I don't know what that is, but I just know that it's not here yet. And so there's, there's an openness to these new possibilities in this different pursuit. And I'm guessing that all over our community, people in your own life, there may be people who have been pursuing new age spirituality or maybe a different religion or maybe uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll or drinking and drugging or maybe they've been pursuing professional achievements or the perfect suburban family. And deep inside, they know something's missing. There's something that I thought was going to be delivered as I got into this, you know, this way of life. When I got to this level, when I got to this point in my life, I just thought that, that you know, it, it would kind of come together for me. I, I thought I would feel a certain way when I got here. And then they get there and they realize, no, no, there's still something missing. And inside... People are desperate for new possibilities. So they have this different pursuit with new possibilities. And the third thing is that it's in closer proximity. Closer proximity. And, and there's these, these invitations in verse 38. It says, um, Jesus says to them, I'm sorry, they said to him, Rabbi, where are you staying? Jesus responds, come and you'll see. I like that. Come on. Come on over. I'll show you. And Jesus welcomes them in. In verse 43, Jesus finds Philip and he's like, come follow me. When Simon comes, right? And, and, and he just says, look, your name now is Peter. It's like this initiation. It's like he's just saying, come, like over and over again. He's saying, come. And he's saying specifically, come near me. Follow 
me. Each person is invited closer, in closer proximity to Jesus. And you might be thinking, like, how does inviting someone to church bring them into closer proximity to Jesus? Because we're, we're very Western people who have very individualistic understandings of ourselves. And so we think, you know, it's all about you and Jesus alone somewhere. But, you know, the Bible says that we are the body of Christ, that, that the church is a, a visible representation of Jesus and that he is among us, that he's the head of his body and that we are his representatives, his ambassadors on the earth. And so when you're inviting someone into church, you're inviting them into closer proximity to Jesus. Jesus calls them in Closer. Now, I know there are lots of opinions out there about Christianity. This week, um, I had a friend who uh, I think he's a Christian. He's from, he's across the pond in the UK. And he put a post up. And the post said this, the only people who care about church attendance are the ones whose paychecks depend upon it. Now, I'm a pastor, and I saw that, and I was immediately grieved. I mean, just think about that. The, the only people who care about church attendance are the ones whose paychecks depend upon it. I mean, what's laced into that statement right there? Think about it. There, there's a suspicion of all leaders of all churches, right? And there's an assumption that the only reason that they would ever want someone to come to their church is for some sort of gain of their own. Now, I am a pastor who knows lots and lots of pastors. And I know there are some, probably some mega rich pastors out there, but none of the ones that I know are like that. Okay. In fact, most of the people that I know that are pastors could probably make more money doing something else. They're not here for money. I'm not here for money. But it reveals a suspicion in our culture. There's a suspicion about people who invite people to churches, or why would a pastor even encourage his congregation to invite people to churches. I was thinking of a, another a story that a pastor shared. He was in a closed country and it was late at night because the people are persecuted. The Christians are persecuted. They can only meet in the evening under the cover of night. These are people who are working long, tedious jobs during the day. Most of them are manual jobs and they are staying up late and they are finding places where they can gather. And he went and he got to sit with these beautiful people and he just taught them just the Bible, just opened the Bible and started walking through verse by verse. And they're like, they're just on their knees listening. And it's like, it was like the service that goes for two and a half or three hours, right? And at the end, you're like, gosh, that was too long. And they're like, no, 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 this is so good. Like, can you come back tomorrow? 
And so these people were going to walk home in the middle of the night. They were going to sleep for two or three hours. They were going to wake up. They were going to work their manual labor job. And then they were going to stay up late again and come back because they were still hungry for the word of God. And here we are saying, the only people who care about church attendance are the ones whose paychecks depend on it. And I just think that the Lord is wanting to wake up the American church. He wants to wake us up and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Do you understand the blessing that you have that you can come in the middle of the day in a public building and you can learn the word of God together? It's a totally different attitude. What I'm not calling us to, I'm not calling us to marketing. I'm calling us to mission to invite people into closer proximity. And here's the last thing, to the person of Jesus. What are we inviting them to? We're inviting them to know Jesus, the very person. I love that Jesus says, follow me. He doesn't say, check out this new religion we're forming. It's going to be called Christianity. It's going to be awesome. You're going to really like it. He doesn't say, check out the new methods of ministry that we're going to use, or check out the new model that we're going to do. It's, it's going to be meeting in house churches in the temple courts. It's going to be so cool, you're going to love it. He, he, he doesn't say any of those things. He, he doesn't invite them into a new social club, and he's not inviting them to a performance. Now, they would go on to begin Christianity, and they would learn new methods and models, they would experience deep relationships and they would see Jesus perform many signs and wonders and miracles. But Jesus wasn't calling them to those things. He was calling them to himself. And all those things were secondary to knowing Jesus, the very person of Jesus, a personal invite to a personal savior. I, I think that maybe in the suspicion of the culture, when we talk about church, some people think that if I come, what I'm doing is I'm agreeing to become a part of XYZ political party, and I have to start thinking a certain way about all the social issues of our time. Right? because that's what Christians do. They're all the same, right? And they all do the same things, right? And so there's, there's a little bit of skepticism around that, and I think that people are afraid of the label of evangelical or conservative oftentimes. And I think we need to be careful as people who are inviting others that we're not trying to front load some ideology onto them and say, come and be a part of X, Y, Z. No, no, we're, we're actually inviting them to the very person of Jesus. And every one of us, has a journey where Jesus is changing us in our, our thoughts and our hearts and our ideas about all the things that are in front of us today are, are being changed by Jesus. But we don't say, hey, do this and then, you know, then you'll be ready for Jesus. It's like, no, 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 this is all backwards. It begins with a personal savior, the person of Jesus who comes into our lives and begins to reorient our hearts and our minds. 
And so I think it's important for us that we remember what it is that we're inviting people to. We're inviting people into a different pursuit with new possibilities in closer proximity to the person of Jesus. And I just want to say, if you're here and you're hung up on XYZ social issue, I just want to invite you to press pause on that and and press play on the person of Jesus. And just let him do what he does inside your heart. So, that's what they're invited to. I want you to notice with me who's inviting who. Who's inviting who? In verse 36, John the Baptist says, there he is, the Lamb of God. And of course, we've said that John was well known. And John represents to us that tested, trusted leader. And you probably have some people like that in your life that are tested and they're trusted leaders. Or maybe you are the tested and trusted leader. That people have known you for years. They've watched your life and they may not believe what you believe, but they believe that you believe what you believe. Because there's this tested, trusted pursuit of your life that's been consistent. And you are a tested and trusted leader. The other kind of person, which is, I think is super cool, is we have brand new believers inviting others. I I love that it's literally one day. It says it was about four in the afternoon, and then Andrew goes immediately, and he finds Simon Peter. He's like, we found him. Come on, let's go. Come and see him. We have Philip, who's invited to follow Jesus, and Philip's first thing is like, I'm going to go get Nathaniel. He's got to know about this. And he brings Nathaniel. And these are the the people that have the zeal of a brand new faith. Like, this is him. This is the one. Like, the thing we've been missing in our lives, we found it. Like, come and see. And if we could put a spectrum on the wall and say, like, John the Baptist, brand new believer, You may not think that you're John the Baptist, but you might not be a brand new believer, but I'm going to guess that like you're somewhere on that spectrum, right? I'm somewhere in between John the Baptist and a a brand new believer, which covers all of us. And what was so interesting is that the invitee becomes the inviter. And what I love about this is Jesus could have said, guys, I'm the team captain. Why are you inviting all these people? This is awkward now, right? Nathaniel's here. I don't, I don't want Nathaniel on my team. Why did you invite Nathaniel? But that's not what Jesus does. Jesus, he, in fact, it, we never are told that Jesus told them to go invite their friends. They invite their friends, and when they come, Jesus is like, come right in. Come on. You're invited which means that when they were inviting they didn't realize that Jesus was inviting through them and when you and I invite people in to the kingdom of God it's like we're inviting them but what we don't realize is that Jesus is the one inviting them through us I think about um, I don't know if you've ever had somebody, if you have a desk that has like office supplies in it, 
and someone does that dirty trick where they take the paper clips and they link them all together. Have you, have you all done that before, right? Maybe your kids have done that to you. And so you go to pick out a paperclip and like all like 5,000 of them come out in one line, right? I, I kind of feel like the kingdom of God is like that. And that when Jesus called you, he was actually seeing you and all the people that were going to come to him through you. It's like he was picking up a paperclip and be like, oh man, look at this long chain of people. They're going to be invited through this person. I've said this before, um, that the kingdom of God, it's, it's to you. And it's through you at the same time. It's for you, but it's not about you. That God is working in you something that will go far beyond you. And the question is, who is inviting who? And the answer is, you and I are inviting and Jesus is inviting all at the same time. So no matter where you are between John the Baptist and a brand new believer, I just want you to remember that you're not inviting them to see how awesome of a Christian you are. You're inviting them to see how awesome Christ truly is. So what's your story? Who extended the invitation to you? And how has Christ changed your life. And what I simply want to ask is, are you willing to be used like that in someone else's life? Dr. Tom Rainier wrote a book called The Unchurched Next Door. It's, um, the data is a little bit dated, okay? I'm just going to say, I think the data is probably close to 20 years old, but this is what he found when he wrote this book. 82% of the unchurched are at least somewhat likely to, to, to attend church if invited. So 82%, eight out of 10. Only 2% of church members invite an unchurched person to church, which means that 98% of churchgoers never extend an invitation in a given year. That's so interesting. And he found that seven out of 10 unchurched people have never been invited to church before. Seven out of 10. Now, I don't know today if those numbers are exactly the same, but the trend is that people are way more open than we think they are. And a lot of times, I think God's just waiting on us, like, just invite them, right? Just invite them. And so what I want to call us to do is we, we've put these, these cards on every chair. We have more in the back. And this is something that I, I want to challenge you to do is over this fall, okay, this fall, right, you know, over the next 10, 12 weeks, if you would pray about four people that you would invite. Now, what I don't want you to do is invite the same person four times, Okay. <laughs> Or if you're like, it's a family of four, like, boom, we're done, right? No, no, invite four different people or four unique invites. And here's why, is that every time you do this, you're going to feel that little bit of nervousness in your stomach and you'll be like, Phew. like, should I invite them? Should I not? 
And then what you're going to do is you're going to get over that and you're going to take that faith step and you're like, okay, I mean, hey, I'm a part of a church and I would love for you to come with me sometime. Just come and check it out. That simple thing. And what's going to happen is that every time you take a faith step, you're going to grow a little bit. There's going to be something that changes on the inside of you as you begin to take that face step of inviting another person to be a part of this church body. So I, I want to challenge you to do that. And you can begin right now to pray about who is it, God? Like, is there anybody that you have already been working on that's open or maybe you're just like the, the craziest extrovert and you need like a whole box of cards and you're going to be like at the grocery store, hey, come on, you know, like, you know, if that's you, awesome, great. We will buy more cards for you, okay? But begin to pray. Who is it that I can invite? And I want you to focus on two kinds of people. I want you to focus on the unreached and the disconnected. What I don't want us to do is become the church that invites everyone from all the other churches and we just put them all in this church. You know what I'm saying? That's not a kingdom win. We just kind of shuffle the deck. But rather, if we would begin to look like who are those that are unchurched or who just, I don't, I don't even know if they know Christ or they're just disconnected. Like I, I think that they're Christians, but they are totally disconnected from the church. Those are the two people I want you to focus on. And as we close, consider what difference can an invitation make? We probably all bear the marks of some bad invitations in our lives. But think about Andrew. After the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus, Andrew, he makes his way around the Black Sea into what is now modern-day Ukraine, as far as Kiev. He goes up a river, up into Kiev. And he became the patron saint of Russia, Romania, and Ukraine. He, he took the gospel into uh, Turkey. And he went around, and he basically said to people all around, you're invited. Think about Peter. Peter is kind of the, the one that we all know about because of Pentecost. He stands up and he gives the big thing, right? And it's so beautiful to see the guy that denied Jesus stand up and, you know, stand for Jesus, right? He became a well-known leader in the early church. And he took these missionary journeys telling people about Christ. And he became the bishop of Rome in, in Antioch. And again, he's just telling everyone, you're invited, Philip. Philip, he took the gospel to Greece and what is now modern day Turkey and Syria, inviting people to Jesus. Nathaniel, Nathaniel's also known as Bartholomew. You'll see his name throughout the scriptures. He went to Ethiopia, India, and Armenia. And the legend has that he actually converted the king of Armenia to Christianity, which ultimately it was this incredible story, and yet it resulted in his, his, his martyrdom. But he did it because he wanted them to know, you're invited. For me, my aunt's invitation 
resulted in me coming to know the person of Jesus. I uh, started serving in a college ministry. And then eventually they began to ask me to do more things. And the church that was over that college ministry hired me. And then I, I went into this thing called full-time ministry. And that led to me actually planting a church called Renaissance in Richmond, Texas, so that you and I could tell more people, you're invited. And all of these began with a simple invitation. I just wanna remind you that when our Savior stretched out his arms on that cross, that he was opening the arms of heaven so that he could say to us, you're invited too. And so this morning, what difference can an invitation make? It can make all the difference in the world. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Renaissance Church Sermon Podcast. To support our work, you can like, share, subscribe, or you can donate at rind-church.org.